you're listening to Just One of the Guys, where at this point in the show, a good story is all I want. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast hosted by the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Show. My name's Sean Ningle, and what I always do on the show is cover a Green Lantern comic, specifically the ones between cover date June 1990 and November of 2004, and all the while putting a special emphasis on my favorite characters, Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner. And this time, I'm having a bit of a trouble putting an emphasis on the character of Kyle Rayner, because this book really is not doing it. We're getting near the end of the Judd Wedding run, and it seems like he's kind of phoning it in. In part two of the Offspring storyline, we find out pretty much exactly what we figured we'd find out in the first part of the Offspring story. So, that's why I'm not really picking that long a song, because really, sadly, I don't have much to say about it. But I've got some emails to read and a new promo to play, so we'll get to that, and then afterwards we'll try and tackle this issue. Boy. Here at Quarks, customer satisfaction is our primary concern. I'd say we just found our way into a wormhole. I'm Kira Norris. Lieutenant Commander Worf reporting for duty, sir. You're the best crew any captain ever had. This may be the last time we're all together. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. Starfleet, one of our most important posts. It is quite simply, Commander, the journey you have always been destined to take. Sensors are not functioning. We've lost all contact with the space station. What the hell is happening out there? Shields up. Damage report. Balance stations. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Listen to the prophets. A Deep Space Nine Two True Freaks presentation with Sean Engel and Andrew Layla. And now with 100% more Paul Spataro. Hey, Michael. Hey, Dad. We need to record another new trailer. Another one? Yes. You know that we read comics and then talk about comics because as we've established, talking about comics you've not read is just dumb. Yeah, and you make me do it every Thursday. Well, we've moved. Have we? Yes, we have outgrown our old location. I don't feel like I've moved. And we have now moved to twotruefreaks.com. What was that again? Twotruefreaks.com. Akers Comics, still every Thursday at twotruefreaks.com. My name is Grundy, born on a Monday. The following recording was taken from an NSA wiretap of a back to the men's taping. No names have been changed. Everyone is guilty. Do I need to mine or am I good where I'm at? Oh, now you do. <laughs> Via 
it's mine. You have to do it. You might want to do this only if you do have it set to automatically because you don't want it to automatically because the thing never works right. Because what will happen is it will be used to you at a particular time. And then if you go out of that, it scrambles to uh, a and it doesn't fast enough. So it's better to just set it up. Oh, okay. It, it really doesn't work well. So I checked right. uh, I checked my... Uh, mm-hmm. What's it My... Pre- it definitely built build me for the hotel for all three of us. Join back to the bins every week for goodness. Solomon Grundy hate voiceovers. Hi, this is Patrick, and this is my dad. And we record a podcast called Make Dad Read Comics. And to best understand what the podcast is about, explain what we do on the podcast, Dad. Well, my son he used to read, well, he still reads comics. He's 30 years old, he reads comics. And he used to read comics back to high school. And I made fun of them. And then one day I was thinking, as he was talking to me, that, you know, when you make fun of something, really, you're showing your ignorance. So perhaps I should actually look at these comics. So he started having me read these comics. Boy, oh boy, they are something different. Are they designed for low light and dumb people? (laughs) No, 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 no. I've learned they're really not designed for low lights and dumb people. But they are frivolous to a large degree silliness runs through them so if you want to be frivolous and silly but not dumb and low life please listen to make dad read comics you can find us on itunes it is make dad read comics and he gets a treat for reading comics i do <laughs> every week every week something good from the pastry shop something good from the pastry shop bye and we're back and what you heard just there or what you just heard there which would be the proper english which i can sometimes speak is an ad or a promo for the podcast make dad read comics patrick corin and his father who have an age difference of about 35 years have basically gotten together to do a podcast a father and son podcast strangely enough where the son who loves to read comics makes his dad read comics and I've got to say, I'm sorry that I didn't find this show until just recently. It's a hilarious show. Essentially, Dad's not really all that into reading comics, but because his son has sort of pestered him and in some ways bribed him, sometimes with delicious, delicious bakery treats, his dad has grown to appreciate the comics medium. Yeah, he's probably not enjoying it all that much at some times, but at least he's not deriding it as he used to. It's a really fun show, and Patrick and his dad have a wonderful, wonderful relationship. If if you have a good relationship with your father and you enjoy comics, this is a show to definitely go listen to. So please go check out Make Dad Read Comics. Uh, I think you can find it at makedadreadcomics.blogspot.com or check it out on iTunes. Definitely a good show that I'm glad that I finally got introduced to. But for now, let's go ahead and take a look at the Just One of the Guys email bag, see what kind of letters some other people have written into the show. You've got mail. Pattern baldness. <laughs> and our email today comes in from Mike Staley. He's the host of the Invincible Ironcast Classics Edition. Go check that out on iTunes or search for it on Google, because unfortunately, I'm really crap at knowing what people's website addresses are. But anyway, right, Mike writes in about the issue with Jenny and uh, Jade, and he entitles the email Coffee Time. He says, After the somewhat heavy subject matter of the previous issues, the story of Jade and Donna Troy just having coffee was a nice break. Sure, we had our battle with Killer Frost, but this was a much lighter story, which is nice sometimes. 
It's also nice sometimes to get these character moments. Some people just want action, but what really holds me to a book is the interesting characters and stories developing them like this just make it that much better. And Mike, I can't disagree with you in any way, shape, or form. I'm... I'm not dissing on the modern books, but one of the things I, I, I will have to say, one of the things that's fa led me to find them less appealing than the books that I'm reading from this era is that we don't seem to have that sort of character narration. Stories always seem to be predicated on the next big adventure, the next big battle, the next big event. And I understand why they do that because for this price point, you want to keep the action going. I don't seem to, I don't find it a problem when stories want to tell these little one-off, non-adventure, non-action filled stories. When characters get to develop their character, I think that benefits the story. Sometimes it's the drama that doesn't have to involve someone punching someone that, for me, makes a good comic. Of course, I give to each their own, and I understand that sometimes the comic book readers may not like that. But that's just a personal opinion, and I tend to enjoy it. And I'm glad that at least you enjoyed it as well in this book. Mike continues saying, as for the WWE ad, I think it can help you out there. I don't recall the ad, but given the year and your description, I'd say you were seeing Rey Mysterio, whose thing was being the big-hearted underdog who managed to win the world title a couple of times. He was hugely popular and uh, with kids because of his many masks. The other, I'm guessing, was Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid from whom you might remember, whom you might remember from the '90s as one half of the tag team, the Rockers. As for the girls, I'm not certain, because WWE was loaded with scantily clad women, so it could be anyone. Yeah, I'm, like I said, my era of wrestling is pretty much the 1980s Hulk Hogan, beginning of WrestleMania era with Hulk Hogan and Roddy Brody Piper and Andre the Giant and all that. Past that, I really didn't pay much attention. Once, once Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou Albano moved away from WrestleMania, I was, I was kind of done with it, sadly. I understand it's a fun medium and it still engages people today, but I just haven't gotten back into it. Anyway, Michael says, anyway, keep up the great work and I can't wait for the next episode. Mike. Well, thank you, Mike, for writing in. I really do appreciate that. And I also recommend you going to check out the Invincible Ironcast Classics Edition. It's a fun show, especially when Mike likes to throw in little parody songs at the end of the show. Uh, the last episode that he put out a time and recording happened to deal with Green Lantern, and it had a line that actually had me laughing out loud when I listened to it. Well done, Mike. But that does it for emails right now. Thank you, Mike, for writing in. And if you'd like to write into the show, the email address is just one of the guys podcast at gmail.com. Always love getting your emails, and I always love reading on the air. So, I guess it's time. Let's start our look at Green Lantern number 161. Green Lantern number 161 was cover dated late May of 2003 and released on March 26th of 2003 with a cover price of 225 US and 375 Canada. The title was Offspring Part 2. The writer was Judd Winnick. The penciler was Dale Eaglesham, anchor Rodney Ramos, colorist Moose Bowman, letterer Kurt Hathaway, assistant editor Morgan Dontonville, and editor was Bob Shrek. 
After a quick recap of what happened last issue, Green Lantern Kyle Rayner awakens all Luke in the Wampacabe style with his girlfriend J.D. Lynn Hayden hanging right beside him. Seeing his albino Amazon captor confusedly staring at him, Kyle starts up the equipage in an attempt to get him released. Comparing her to a female version of Boo Radley from To Kill a Mockingbird actually gets a response out of her as she approaches the inverted hero and quietly says, Boo. Wondering if she's trying to scare him, Kyle asks if she knows of the novel, and the girl simply says, Kyle. Puzzled, Kyle asks how she can know that, since he never told her his name. Meanwhile, the leaders of the capital city make plans to retaliate against the ivory-skinned attacker, while back with Kyle, the same attacker tries to explain to him what's going on with her. She says she has no memories of her past, and all she wants to do is go home to the others. The ones who are little and blue. And in a plot turn that was shocking to no one throughout all of time immeasurable, the warrior is revealed to be... Liana, the missing baby guardian of the universe, who is now all grown up and in some slutty clothes. But before Kyle can try and figure out just what caused her transformation from toddler to nightclub dancer with omnipotent powers, the Aroxe forces launch an attack on Liana's position. Kyle tries to get her to calm down, but she goes all crazy pants, talking about discord and order, and starts wrecking up the attacking forces. Freeing Jenny in hopes to use her powers to take her down, Kyle witnesses Liana grab an unobtainium warhead that was fired at her and prepare to hurl it back at the Aroxe. But before she can blow up the planet real good, Ganthet appears, stops the attack, and magics back the planet to the way it was before Liana got there. Crisis averted, Everyone travels back to Oa, where the Zamrons have just decided to show up for some reason and help be the space dandies to the youthful guardians. Oh, and you know the whole thing last issue about Jenny being pregnant? Well, that was a fluke as well. And now she just wants to go home. But she'll give Kyle a goodbye f before she leaves. The end. I hate to sound all Jerry Seinfeld, but what is going on with this book? We seem to be slipping from good to bad stories and not having any real consistency. I know Winnick only has the black circle crossover with Green Arrow left before his run is over with, and if that's the case, then the last part of his run on this book has been a very inconsistent one. And speaking of the black circle story, it's interesting that Ben Robb, or Ben Rabe, or however you pronounce the name, is writing the Green Arrow books for that story, and then he came over to Green Lantern while Chud Winnick wrote the Green Lantern books and went over to Green Arrow. Maybe after the hate crime story, Winnick just lost interest in writing Green Lantern? Who knows? But I can sure tell you in my general notes here, I don't think I have much to say about this issue. In fact, starting out with notes, the cover, which again is done by Ariel Olivetti, is... A definite signal that Winnick is getting ready to leave the book, especially with the cover copy title saying Passing the Torch. And what's with the floating head of Emperor Caligula over there? Why do they have him in the- oh, oh, that's supposed to be Terry. Ugh, that's not comfortable at all. Page 2, panel 1, I will have to give the book some credit artistically uh, for Eaglesham drawing the image from the view of Kyle and Jenny's point of view. See, they're 
hung upside down here, and then in this panel you see them right side up, but everything else is upside down, and Kyle is viewing the uh, Amazon Liana in an upside-down format. It's it's an interesting visual choice, which I think is one of the most possible, most positive things I have to say about the book. And, of course, Kyle is being incredibly snarky. So there's Winnick coming out and with his patented snark, which, again, doesn't bode well for the book, in my opinion. And then I don't have any notes until page 7, panel 2, and it's... <sighs> It's a frustrating note. I just, duh, I cannot stand this panel. Let me try and describe it here. Kyle has a shocked look on his face and is exclaiming, God, oh God. He looks like he's surprised. It's an awkward look of surprise. But he also has the stress lines coming off his head signifying that he's surprised. And he's surprised by something that could not have been any less of a surprise ever. If you didn't figure out from the last issue, this strange woman with omnipotent powers was the missing childlike guardian suddenly for some reason grown up, then you have not read comic books for any amount of time at all. And I weep for your soul. However, I will try and find some positive here uh, in the, on the same page. In panel four, Eaglesham does a good job uh, rendering the facial expressions of Liana, looking very concerned here and, and crying. Yes, she's still an overly amply chested and ridiculously out of proportion Amazon, but when he's just doing the facial expressions, that's really good. But then it swings back again. As on page 9, panel 1, the attacking forces of the Aroxae are armed with nipple cannons. No, I'm serious. It's two chest-mounted cannons that are pointing out exactly where on the human anatomy the nipples would be. Oh, God. And then moving on to page 10, panel 1... We get an image of Liana sort of powering up. And you just see, once again, how ridiculous her uniform is. It covers absolutely nothing. And plus, in this panel, it looks like Eaglesham has drawn her to have her legs fused together. People's thighs are not that big in real life. It's just... Uh, and it looks like her feet or, or her calves are fused together. She's got one giant leg leading up to her abdomen. It's... <sighs> Try and find some positive. Try and find some positive. Still looking. Um, Page 13, Kyle was still in his shackles, so I don't know how he freed himself and was able to freeze Jenny as well in under 15 minutes, but there you go. Page 16, you got Ganthet coming in with his guardian ex machina where he basically magics the whole planet back to being normal after his little guardian baby grown up to be pole dancer has destroyed everything then on page 17 oh hey the xamarons are back wow that was completely unexpected and completely unheard of and where the hell did they come what what is wrong with this story and to add insult to, energy, insult to injury again, on page 19, 
Jenny says, oh, you know that thing that I revealed last issue that was supposed to be really important and got you wanting to, to be with me? Well, I'm not pregnant. Sorry, Kyle, that was just my mistake. You know, I was all concerned about it, and we made a big deal about it last issue, but now, yeah, forget about it. It's it's drop storyline. It's, oh, it's so frustrating. <sighs> but of course, on page 22, now that she's not pregnant, <laughs> I guess that means that they can go and have some wonderful, super happy fun time before they go back to Earth. Ah, God, this issue is frustrating. It's, I don't want to say it's bad. It's not like issue 37 bad, but it's just, it's weak, just really weak. It's weak storytelling. It's weak plotting. The artwork is really bad in some places. Like I said, it's Winnick and Eaglesham who've done a great job up into the hate crime storyline, just coasting. And like I said, Winnick's only got three more issues on this, the Black Circle storyline, and then he's off to do Green Arrow. Maybe Green Arrow will be great for Judd Winnick, but we get Ben Robb in Green Lantern, and I'm worried that it might not get much better. So uh, I hope it does, but this is really kind of a, a sad downward slide that Winnick has taken. Hopefully some advertisements in the issue will make me happy for actually having to read it. And starting out with the front and inside cover, it's, well, it's not making me happy because it's another uh, advertisement for Elf, not ElfQuest, EverQuest Online. It's for the PlayStation 2 and the PC. It's one of the first MMO RPG games, and I think we've talked about it before, so once again, nothing new here. And we get the same Juicy Fruit ad with the uh, stoplight telling people to stop eating a Juicy Fruit. We get Nature's Care. I, all these ads are a thing. I think this must be since this is late May. When did I say this came out? It was, uh, yeah, it was released in late May. I think all the ads are the same. So I've got the one for Nature's Care, which is basically proactive before proactive came around. An advertisement for Kung Fu Chaos. Yeah, I remember this time. A game for the Xbox bunch of strange Sonic the Hedgehog characters doing kung fu moves. Yeah, the giant uh, monster battle thing. Uh, what is it? War of the Monsters with the tooth in the middle of New York City. Oh, here's a new advertisement, and this really makes me happy. It's an advertisement for Bulletproof Monk starring Chow Young-Fat and Sean William Scott, where Sean William Scott basically learns he's got Matrix-like kung fu powers and is being taught by Chow, Lung, Chow Young Fat. I'm trying to see who... There is a girl on the poster. I'm trying to see who this is. One second. Maybe Jamie King? I don't know. Jamie King, Victoria Smirit, uh, Carrie Holden. It's hard to read these on this page. I don't know. All I remember is Bulletproof Monk really didn't interest me when it came out in the theaters, didn't interest me when it came out on cable, and it doesn't interest me now. <sighs> <laughs> then we've got the same stupid ad with the guy with the defibrillator in his mouth and the apple for Starburst. We do get an ad for Knights of the Old Republic, which I raved about last time, but again, nothing new here. An advertisement for the Batman Dark Tomorrow game, still nothing fun there. Uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, or not Majora's Mask, the Windwalker. Uh, the thing about a 
a kid who became a father because he did pot, don't do drugs. Uh, what else? The ad for the Magic the Gathering Super Series, where you can win a $1,000 scholarship for playing Magic the Gathering. An advertisement. Oh, this looks like a new one. Uh, for Dark Cloud 2, it's a... I guess it's an Emma... Well, it's a role-playing game for the PlayStation 3. Uh, completely forgettable, because I've never heard of Dark Cloud ever. It's got an ad of a kid picking various paths in a row which he wants to take. I guess it's supposed to tell you that uh, possibly... You know, this might be one of those games where you have multiple paths, where it's not a uh, on-the-rails type game. I sincerely doubt it, though. <sighs> then again, we get this stupid ad for Black and Bruised with the girl with the... Boobs. <sighs> not even boobs can excite me. And, and the ad for the PlayStation games, the Crushed Hour and Smackdown and SpongeBob. <sighs> I don't care. Uh... Then an ad for the new Game Boy Advance, which is the uh, mini uh, flip ga- flip uh, phone type Game Boy, and I really don't care anymore. <sighs> then back inside cover is uh, horror Ebo, gummy bears, and the back outside cover once again is the guy on the skateboard. <sighs> Man, this was a lackluster issue. I'm, I knew I'd eventually have to have a lackluster issue. You can't have good things all the time, but. Uh, Everything in this was just unpleasant to read. If you're looking at completing the Judd Winnick run, then I guess you have to have this. But if you're looking for reading a good comic, I would say skip. But hopefully you won't skip the next episode because we're going to be covering, like I said, the Black Circle storyline, which is the final crossover in this run with Green Arrow, the Oliver Queen version of Green Arrow, who for some reason is alive again as well as Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern. It can't be any worse than this. But I will also be joined by a special podcaster who is a big fan of Green Arrow, who's going to be coming to talk with me next time. So I hope you'll download the next episode when that comes out next Friday. I'll be looking forward to it, and I hope you will as well. So thank you, everyone, for getting through this episode with me, and we'll see you next Friday on another episode of Just One of the Guys a Green Lantern podcast. See you later, everyone. You've been listening to Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast, hosted by yours truly, Sean Ingle. All images, stories, and music are copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This podcast is done solely out of my desire to show the denizens of the internet that comic books could be fun, humorous, compelling, thought-provoking, and exciting, while not having to fall into the weary tropes of the 1990s. I'm not in any way doing this for monetary gain, which irritates my wife to no end. All feedback for the show can be sent to the show's Gmail account at justoneoftheguyspodcast at gmail.com. All feedback, positive and negative, is warmly welcomed. All spam bots are warmly welcomed too, as long as your definition of a warm welcome is for them to die horribly in a fire. The website address for the show can be found at the brand new Two True Freaks website located at twotruefreaks.com. There you can find the RSS feed as well as scan the covers and whatever else I feel like putting up. Look for me on iTunes. Just search for Two True Freaks Presents Just One of the Guys podcast and you can subscribe to the show there. You can search for me on Facebook as well. And now you can find me there as it was a requirement of my new Demonza Core contract but it doesn't mean that I'll be joining your little K 
Candy Crush group anytime soon. Thanks for downloading and listening, and come back next Friday for another episode of Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast. The opening music for today's show was The Offspring and their song, All I Want, off the album Ixnay on the Ombre. If you'd like to buy The Offspring or any other band from the 1990s that completely and totally rocks, I kind of enjoyed The Offspring, I'd suggest you go to Amazon.com. They've got the best prices, the best selection, and really some of the best music out there. However, if you are planning on going to Amazon.com, I would suggest first you go to ChooChooFreaks.com. When you go to TutureFreaks.com, there is a banner in the upper left-hand corner of the homepage. Click on that banner and you'll be transported to Amazon.com, where any purchase you make will shoot a little bit of money back to the TutureFreaks website. You won't see any extra money taken out of your account, but your purchase that you make through the link at TutureFreaks shoots a little money back to the website, which helps keep us up and running. So anytime you're thinking about buying music, movies, games, entertainment, whatever you're thinking about, make sure you use the link at 2TrueFreaks.com.